Welcome to the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show, where we'll postulate the survivalist movement and tear open the condition that is a prepper mindset. We'll talk about gear, guns, packs, and kits, and everything in between. We can uncork our favorite bottle of conspiracy theories and enjoy that Kool-Aid together. So post up with me. I am your host, Camel Key. But first, we rock. This is the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show, and I'm your host, Camel Keith. We want to welcome all of you for joining us tonight. For questions and comments on show topics, past or future, contact us at shtf at offgridtx.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, so don't be shy. Reach out to us anytime, shtf at offgridtx.com. Please visit the Off-Grid Texas website and let us help you find the right path to preparedness. And as always, the OGTX team thanks you for your support. Visit the site by going to offgridtx.com. That's offgridtx.com. Preppers, survivalists, off-gridders, homesteaders, and the like. Are any of you guys hunters? No? Well, if you're not... You will be during an SHTF, so you better start thinking about getting a good, solid hunting rifle. There are dozens of great rifle manufacturers and hundreds of styles of choices to choose from in the world of hunting rifles. But which are best for the prepper survivalist, the homesteader, or even the sniper enthusiast? Well, we're going to talk about hunting rifles and ammo tonight. And even if you're not in the market for a long gun, this is important info you need to know to be a well-rounded and barter-ready prepper. And of course, we'll give you our best picks for all prepper budgets. This is going to be fun. But first, as usual, some prepper news to keep you informed. First up in Prepper News, Joe Rogan said on his show, The Joe Rogan Experience, that he's planning to build a 2,000-acre hunting and survival ranch in Texas. He said, when the shit hit the fan in L.A., it opened my eyes. I realized that we got really lucky, but there was a real concern that it would get so bad that the supply chain would fall apart and I would have to feed my friends. I should probably have a place where all the people that I love can exist and survive. I've got a crazy plan, he said during an episode. The plan is to have a place that's completely self-sufficient like a hunting ranch. He said he wants everything, the whole deal, including water, wind, turbines, animals, vegetables, and more. Good for you, Joe. If anybody can do it, you can. Welcome to Texas. Next up in Prepper News, from the National Geographic UK comes an article worth reading. From COVID-19 quarantine to Brexit stockpiling, the British preppers who saw trouble coming. Often stereotyped as fringe groups, the UK prepping community found a grim vindication in the year of COVID-19 and the current fear of supply chaos post-Brexit. So I hope I'm not going to destroy her name, but Joe Elgarf had been expecting things to go wrong for a long time. 
With building uncertainty around Brexit, at some point soon, she knew the UK supply chain could be compromised. This meant that her daughter's epilepsy medication sourced from Europe might not be able to get into the country. Just a day without medication could prove fatal for her daughter. So when the UK entered the first COVID-19 lockdown on the 16th of March, Elgar was understandably distressed. Her fears led her to reach out to a group of like-minded people, all of whom had voted Remain in the UK's Brexit referendum. The group established a Facebook group in 2017 encouraging members to supplement their weekly shopping. It is the antithesis to panic buying. An extra multi-pack of baked beans here, another tin of sweet corn there. With the aim of building up an emergency pantry, a practice, Elgar says most people have fallen out of in a world of next-day deliveries and Uber Eats. This is, in essence, prepping. We're the most boring mainstream group of preppers, Elgarf explained. She does not own a bunker, nor is she equipped with a ham radio or an AK-47. In essence, she is just a normal middle-class mother with a greater appreciation than most of what might go wrong. None of this is radical, Elgarf says, looking back, but we were right. I hate to say that, but the advice that we gave in the Facebook group was right and it helped an awful lot of people. Way to go, Joe. You're an inspiration to all preppers worldwide. You're spreading the word of preparedness and changing lives, and we love that. That's going to be it for Prepper News. Guys, tonight we're talking about long guns specifically designed for hunting game. Taking that long-distance shot to put food on the table and in the Prepper Pantry. There's a lot of choices out there, but do they all fit in the Prepper Survivalist arsenal? Let's find out. This is the OGTX Prepper Survival Show, and I am your host, Camel Keith. Please remember to subscribe, review, and leave comments on your favorite podcast player. Reach out to us on Facebook at Offgrid Texas or email us at shtf at offgridtx.com. My Prepper brothers and sisters, what is going on, y'all? I hope all of us were able to enjoy the Christmas holiday season. I did. Uh, it's almost over, but not quite yet. Of course, I'm talking about New Year's Day, which is a day that all of us around the globe can celebrate or at least enjoy, right? Celebrate might be too strong of a word uh, to use for this year's New Year's transition into the next, but we got to take the good with the bad, right? I mean, let's face it, you guys. We all got screwed in 2020, and I'm not even talking about the election. That's a whole other animal. We ain't going to get into that tonight. I'm talking about COVID-19, right? We all got screwed. China gave us the China virus, and I'm talking about the Chinese government, not the Chinese people. You know, the Chinese people, they themselves too suffered at the hands of their keepers. These freaking power-hungry, fascist, elitist, autocratic, tyrannical Chinese government overlords, okay, that's what they are. They, they, they conceptualized this. They created it, okay, this designer virus for the sole purpose of disrupting and destabilizing everything everywhere. You know, from the delicate balances of power within all of the world's governments to important elections, to supply chains, to our economies, to the very lives of each and every human being on this planet, everyone, everywhere has been affected, is still being affected by this well-planned, perfectly timed and executed spread of their virus. 
These tyrants made us sick. They did this to us. Don't forget this, guys. They did this to us. And they need to pay for it. And not with money. I'm talking about heads. Heads need to roll. Every decision maker in the Chinese government who played a part in this travesty, including the Chinese president, okay, needs to be rounded up and put in front of the firing squad. No trials, no lawyers, no deals made, no excuses and no final words. No, hell no. Okay, The 1.8 million people who died of COVID-19 this year didn't get to say any last words. They didn't get to tell their loved ones goodbye. The Chinese government waged war on the earth. We got to realize that. Okay, and they did that without firing a single shot, without warning, without officially declaring war on anyone. They attacked everyone, including their own citizens. Okay, there are rules of war, and they followed none of them and got away with it. That doesn't sit right with me, does it with you? You know, and Trump. The one man who could have done something about it, he was robbed of his re-election, stolen by a political party who's in bed with the Communist Party of China, the Chinese government. The Dems used the Chinese virus as a weapon to illegally steal the election from Trump. They didn't just rob Trump, they robbed all of us. It was a landslide election for President Trump, and on election night, we all went to bed knowing that President Trump won the election. But then we woke up on Wednesday morning to find out that miraculously, Biden got all of the mail-in votes, all of them. A mathematically impossible outcome. But somehow it happened. Okay, they did this saying that it was prudent due to COVID for safety. Okay, they did it for the safety of the American citizens. Bullshit. They pushed for mail-in ballots because mail-in ballots could be manipulated would be manipulated when no one was looking. Biden didn't have the numbers, never had the numbers. We recently went on a road trip up to uh, Northwest Colorado, 2,000 miles, guys, 2,000 miles of driving. We went through three states. We stayed uh, for five days at our final destination. From the very first minute of this road trip to the very last, we were seeing Trump-Pence signs nonstop. One after another, after another, everywhere we looked, we saw them. Actually, after a while, we started to laugh about it. It became like a thing. It seemed like everywhere we looked, there was another Trump sign. Okay, take a guess. Just take a guess how many Biden signs we saw on our entire trip across three states in 2,000 miles. One. Just one. One single, solitary Joe Biden for president sign. And you want to know where it was? You'll laugh. Okay, we did. Actually, it was quite strange. We stopped in New Mexico to stay overnight, but we got there way too early, okay? The check-in time wasn't for like a few hours later, so we had some time to kill. We wanted to walk the dogs, uh, so we looked up on Google and, uh, some parks, and we found a dog park. Cool, right? But when we were trying to find it, there was a bunch of construction, and we got lost, and we ended up in, let's call it a rough-looking neighborhood, okay? Just to be nice. So we're driving down some side streets lined with little houses. All of them, you know, had old chain link fences around them going all the way up to the curb, you know, chain link fences around the front yards. That's usually a bad sign when you see that. Many of the fences, not all of them, but many of the fences had pro-Trump signs attached to them. But there was one, just one house with a fence with a Joe Biden sign. That was it. 
That was the one Biden sign we saw on our entire trip. Just one Biden sign in a 2,000-mile sea of Trump signs. Guys, Biden didn't have the numbers. Never had the numbers. The Dems knew this. That's why they didn't let him to go out and hold rallies. Okay, think about that for a second. By allowing him to go out and make his usual fool of himself, they knew that would just make it harder for them to pull off their plan to use the fear of COVID to steal the election. Okay, so they kept him locked up in the basement. They kept the scotch and rocks coming. And when they did let him out to meet the public, they made sure the quote unquote public was just a few people, most of who worked for Sleepy Joe himself. Okay, a masterful plan to use the Chinese virus against the American voters. When the Dems used the Chinese weapon of war against the Americans to steal the 2020 election, they became as much the enemy of Americans as the Communist Party of China is to the rest of the world. Okay, And that's one of the reasons why I say the left-wing Democrat Party is in bed with the Chinese government. You thought I was crazy when I said that, didn't you? Well, that's why. Okay, Now remember, I'm talking about the Chinese government, not the Chinese people. China is an amazing country. It's full of um, ancient culture and beauty, but it's controlled by cold-blooded killers, okay, who, in my opinion, need to be put down. But now that we've got the left-wing radicals running the show here in America, that'll never happen. They go on to do as they will. That's just the way of the world. So, anyway, what the hell was I talking about? Um, oh, yeah, New Year's. Okay, so New Year's. That was a rant. I'm sorry about that. I, for one, will not be celebrating New Year's this year. Okay, I don't usually celebrate New Year's anyway, but definitely not this year. Uh, if I'm going to celebrate anything this year, it's going to be the fact that we got to spread the word of preparedness through this show. I mean, honestly, that's what I'm grateful for. That's worth celebrating. The OGTX Purpose Survival Show did really well this year. and You guys are awesome. Our listeners have been spreading the word uh, you know, about the show, and the numbers are going up. And that means that we'll be able to start booking guests soon. Uh, it's all about the numbers, you know? So that's what I'll be celebrating this New Year's Eve. Going to be celebrating the success of the show. So tonight, we're talking about hunting rifles for the prepper survivalists. Now, I want to say up front that I understand that some of our listeners aren't shooters, okay? Or cannot own firearms due to restrictions in their areas. I get it. But, and it's a big but. If you're serious about prepping and you live in an area where other people can acquire firearms legally or illegally, you better start thinking about building your prepper arsenal. Because if you don't, you really will be underprepped. To be clear, I am not telling anyone to break any laws that pertain to you or firearms, okay? For me personally, I would never allow anyone to tell me that I cannot own a firearm, period. Now, I will, of course, follow the laws that govern firearms in the areas where I live and I travel, obviously, which is why you don't see me living in or traveling to places like New Jersey or California, Connecticut, Maryland, and others. Most, and I say most very loosely, most of the rest of America has a somewhat healthy understanding of our gun rights. But I will add that no matter where I live, the criminals who live near me they will never be more armed than me. And that's even if I have to break a law or two, never going to happen. Now I can keep moving from one place to another to accommodate my needs as a supporter of the Second Amendment and a shooter. 
But at some point, we all need to stand our ground and say, come and take it. Molon Labe. We all love these popular Second Amendment sayings, even enough to get them tattooed on our bodies. But how many of us do you think that talk the talk would actually walk the walk if and when it comes down to it? Those of us with the words of the second and come and take it and Molan Labe tattooed on our forearms are going to feel pretty damn stupid when we're handing in our firearms to the federal government. Just saying, something to think about. I cannot speak for you. I can't do that. But I can and will speak for myself, which is why I have a podcast. And I can say with 100% certainty that I am ready to stand with my fellow patriots and fight for freedom, liberty, okay, and our God-given constitutional rights. I don't just prep for SHTF. I also prep for a revolution and to fight tyranny and, God forbid, the worst-case scenario, a civil war. But it probably won't come to that because long guns are less restricted than most other types of firearms. And sure, you've got some like three to five round magazine restrictions, which which is fine by me. I, I think it's fine. Okay, when you're hunting wild game, we don't want hunters unloading 30 round magazines into the landscape. We just don't want that. Okay, if you're going to take the responsibility of being a game hunter, you should always be striving for the humane mindset Okay, the one shot, one kill mindset. And also, guys, the less processed lead we put into the environment, what's the better, right? We don't want all that out there fouling up the ground in the water. Many preppers who are shooters, like myself, have at least one AR rifle, if not an arsenal of them. One is none and two is one, of course, right? Now, there's a few things that you need to remember when you're considering using a modern sporting rifle like the AR platform to go hunting with. Number one, most AR-15s are chambered in 223.556 and they fire through a 16-inch barrel in most cases, which is perfectly fine for targets inside 100 to 150 yards. Fine, no problem. But for those longer shots, say 150 to 250-ish, the smaller 223.556 fired from a 16-inch barrel doesn't have the reach of, let's say, a 30 caliber or larger through a 20-inch barrel. Yes, you can get a 223.556 projectile out that far. Of course you can. But making the clean vitals shot, that is a, a shot to the vital organs of an animal and killing it instantly? No, you can't. It's very, very difficult, guys. Only see it on movies. Don't let that shit fool you. Okay, and yes, there are a lot of arguments on this subject. I get that. And I'm not going to, you know, get into all that stuff tonight. I'm just not. There's so many arguments on it. And honestly, it'll just bore the hell out of most of you guys. So, let me break it down super super simplified. To take down large game or, or medium game like deer, okay? We need a clean hit to the vitals. The sweet spot in terms of speed and energy is a minimum of 1000 foot pounds of energy for a clean hit to the vitals. The faster the bullet is moving, the higher foot-pounds of energy. The longer the barrel is, the faster the projectile is moving. You get it? So it's all about kinetic energy. Okay, let's not make this any harder than that right now, because I know some of you want to argue with me about it. Can you hunt big game animals with an AR to put food on the table during an SHTF? Yes, you sure can. But it will be a hell of a lot harder. And if you miss the shot, you can forget about eating for a while because all the game animals will tear ass after you make your first shot. Good luck with that. 
We hunt to eat. We kill animals in the most humane way possible. Clipping a deer or an elk with a weak or misplaced shot and having it run off into the woods to suffer and die, a slow, horrible death, it's wrong in so many ways. Most hunters know this and they do everything in their power to avoid this outcome at all costs, even if it means failing to bring home the groceries. We kill animals for food. We don't torture them. Let's make sure that we're all clear about that up front. We must also keep in mind that unless we're in an SHTF, which we currently are not, many states have restrictions about using a modern sporting rifle to hunt with. Gotta check your local laws. Unless you're lucky enough to hunt on private land, you may not be allowed to use your AR to hunt legally. It's always been my opinion that the four best firearms for a prepper to have is a 9mm semi-automatic pistol, 12-gauge semi-auto shotgun, a 22 caliber rimfire semi-auto rifle, and an AR semi-auto rifle chambered in 223-556. Those are the four guns that I believe every prepper should have. If you want to learn more about why I choose these firearms as a prepper, go back and listen to episode uh, 14, Shall Not Be Infringed, The Prepper's Arsenal. Pretty sure it's 14. I explain in detail exactly why those are my choices, so check it out if you haven't heard it already. But that doesn't mean, okay, that I don't like, use, or own other types of firearms for various reasons. The hunting-specific long gun rifle can be a perfect addition to your personal firearm arsenal and maybe even for your prepper-specific arsenal. Next, we'll talk about specific hunting rifles broken down into budget-friendly levels for all shooters and the ammunition you will need to stockpile for hunting as well as bartering. Preppers, survivalists, off-gridders, homesteaders, and all of the like-minded folks listening tonight from every corner of the globe. Regardless of what you may call yourself, we are all preppers. You may be new to prepping or you may be a seasoned pro, but the one constant that ties us all together are these feelings of unrest we have about the world around us. Wars between nations over power, religious beliefs, economics and ideologies, infighting within our own governments, fractures developing between our own countrymen, and an uncertain future for all mankind. Prepping is not a new mindset. In fact, until recent modern times, prepping was the only mindset. You either prepped or you didn't survive. The elite class, along with the governments they control, are preppers. They have been and always will be prepped. Are you? The OGTX team believes in a world where all people are preppers. All people live without fear, without the shackles of government control. A world where we separate ourselves from the herd and become self-sustaining, self-sufficient, self-controlling thinkers and doers and actioneers of our own destiny. Becoming a better, more efficient prepper survivalist isn't easy. We sometimes turn left when we should have turned right. But that's okay. It's all part of the prepper journey. OGTX is here to help. Please visit our totally redesigned website and let us help you take your prepping to the next level. We've partnered up with some of the biggest names in our industry like Legacy Foods, BioLite, EcoFlow, and Light My Fire. And to top it all off, our own line of fully loaded 72-hour survival kits. We've done all the hard work for you. You just pick the kit that fits your needs and you're done. You're at the ready for SHTF when it comes. 
Our OGTX 72-hour survival kits are filled to the brim with everything a survivalist needs to combat SHTF and help keep you alive and well for months on end. Visit us at offgridtx.com. This is the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show, and I am your host, Camel Keith. Please remember to subscribe, review, and leave comments on your favorite podcast player. Reach out to us anytime on Facebook at Offgrid Texas or email shtf at offgridtx.com. Thank you guys for sticking with us through the mid-show break. Guys, tonight we're talking about hunting rifles for the Prepper Survivalist and the Homesteader. But what exactly does that mean to me, a Prepper? Well, let's see what's needed to fit the bill. Number one, durable and tough. Preferably a rifle with a synthetic hand-laid composite stock like fiberglass, like Kevlar, graphite cloth, you know, or a combination of these. Also, uh, a Cerakote finish on the metal is almost a must-have for the rust-free long-term use and storage of a prepper gun. Cerakote could be a lifesaver for your gun. Number two, so that first one is durable and tough. Number two, less weight. Yeah, this is a hard box to check off, guys. It really is. Okay, generally speaking, the lighter the firearm, the lower the quality firearm is. Unless, of course, you're willing to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on hunting rifles. And I mean lots of thousands. Traditionally, hunting rifles with walnut stocks and blued steel, they're not lightweight firearms. They're just not. They're tough, heavy-duty firearms, but they're not lightweight. Some shooters will say that synthetic stocks last longer than wooden stocks. That is true. Very true. I believe that. The facts are that synthetic stocks are designed to be nearly indestructible, and they can last throughout multiple generations of shooters. They're hand-me-downs. They also say that synthetic stocks are lighter in weight than wooden walnut stocks. This would be false. More often than not, Solid synthetic stocks can be slightly heavier than solid wood stocks. The point being, as preppers, we need all of our gear to be transportable. So keeping the weight down is very important. Number three, common caliber cartridge. What's it going to be? 223556, 300 blackout, 6.5 Creedmoor, 30 out 6 Springfield. What about the 308 Winchester? Okay, well, the smartest choice you can make in choosing your prepper hunting rifle is the caliber of round it's chambered in. Most top rifle manufacturers build their rifle models in multiple calibers. For example, the new Browning X-Bolt series hunting rifle, great gun. It comes in a staggering 27 different caliber sizes. In other words, if you buy the X-Bolt rifle chambered in 308 Winchester, you can only shoot 308 Winchester through that gun. Does that make sense? New shooters may have a hard time with this, which is why I'm explaining it. Those of you who experienced shooters should already know all of this. So you'll have the freedom to choose what particular round of ammunition to stockpile. So ask yourself again, what's it going to be? As a prepper, the smart choice is not difficult. You'll want to choose from the most common rounds of ammo that are out there. 
During an SHTF, especially a long-term SHTF, there will be no stores to run out to, to restock the ammo specific to your gun. Not going to be able to do it. You'll have to scavenge for ammo wherever you can find or barter for it, just like you will water or food or other items. So it makes sense to choose a rifle that's chambered in the most common rounds available, like 223.556 and 308. Now, a whole lot of people will want to argue this because, you know, shooters are very passionate about what they shoot. I get that. I do. However, we're going completely off of sales, supplies, and demand. The actual numbers of rifle ammo sold in the United States. The 223 Remington 5.56 NATO round and the .308 Winchester round are the two top-selling, most distributed, most stockpiled rifle rounds at this time in the U.S. The 7.62x39 Soviet cartridge, that's commonly used in the AK-47 rifle, and the 6 Springfield cartridge that's used by most medium-to-big-game hunters is within the top five list along with the 6.5 Creedmoor. I would feel comfortable buying a hunting rifle right now in any of these five ammo cartridges, with my favorite being the 308 Winchester. And finally, number four, the action. I would choose a hunting rifle with a bolt action. My reasoning is very, very simple for this, guys. Far less moving parts to wear down and break in an SHTF when you can't go out and find more parts. Modern sporting rifles like the AR, like the AK platforms, they, uh, they're, they're using bolt carrier groups. They're using gas and spring systems, removable and interchangeable parts, and so on and so forth. They have so many moving parts that heat up, cool down, slide and slam into each other, and just get abused with every shot. In a long-term SHTF situation, you will use your hunting rifle to put food on the table far more than you will use your battle rifle in a firefight, hopefully, if you're lucky. Okay, so why put your main weapon of self-defense, your battle rifle, through all that wear and tear? It doesn't make sense. Okay, these are two different tools that are used for two different jobs. Yes, each one is meant to kill, but each one is meant to kill differently. So, what are the choices in guns? I'm glad you asked. Here's my list, and please keep in mind that there are literally thousands of great choices out there. So this list is just to be used as a reference guide. Okay, use it to create your own mindset of hunting rifles, specific to your location and geography, specific to your type of game that you'll be hunting with, specific to your body type, your age, your strength, your capabilities. We're all made different. Your rifle must fit your needs. First up, we'll start with the high rollers, not the millionaire or the thousandaire status folks. Okay, but the regular everyday shooters who are willing and able to throw down over a grand or two for a hunting rifle. We're going to start there. First up is the Browning X-Bolt series. I love this gun. I've held it. I've checked it. Went, you know, kicked the tires, did all that stuff with it. I love this gun. Okay. It's starting at $1,300. They start at that. Okay. Uh, Comes in multiple calibers, many multiple calibers. Uh, multiple configurations and materials like tungsten, uh, stainless, Cerakote. It's extremely accurate. There's a very high build quality to this gun. 
It's built to last for multiple generations of shooters in your family. You can pass this gun down. Okay, the X-Bolt series rifles can go as high as $3,000. There's there's a lot of them. You should check it out. There's probably, I don't know, 15, 20 different uh, styles of the X-Bolt series gun by, by Browning. And they're all pretty cool. Next up is the Bergara B-14 Wilderness Ridge Rifle. Starting at right around $975, and they go up to $1055. Not too bad. Not too bad. Reasonable. Very expensive, but reasonable. I like this gun too, guys. This is a good one. It's fully coated in sniper gray with a free-floating barrel threaded for a suppressor. That's also very cool. Suppressors come in handy when you're, when you're hunting. They can. Uh, it also comes with an omnidirectional muzzle brake. This is uh, designed to reduce recoil. You get extreme accuracy with this gun. It's got a high build quality, superior firearm. Really, really nice. Bergara's got great guns, so you can check those out as well. I like the Bergara B14 Wilderness Ridge Rifle. There's another Bergara in this list later on that's a little less expensive, but still a really great gun. That's all I'm going to mention for the high ones, because basically with those two firearms, you get all of the things that I'm interested in an expensive a well-built, long-lasting hunting rifle. And then you can just basically extrapolate from that at other types of brands and other types of guns that you would like to to get. So I don't need to name them all. I'm just going to name those two. So next up, we're going to drop it down a little bit. This will be like the mid-range, mid-level price guns. Uh, We've got, and these are not in any kind of order. we got the Weatherby Vanguard. This is a really good gun. Uh, Comes in at about $730 um, at the time of this uh, podcast. Extreme accuracy, very high build quality, very, very nice gun. Next, you'll get the Bergara B14 Hunter. Comes in at around $700. Again, the Bergara, very, very nice gun. Built in the same quality as its older brothers. Uh, Extreme accuracy, like I said, very high build quality, very, very nice gun. We've got another one called Tika. Tika T3X Superlight. Comes in at around $750. I really like this gun. I've actually held this one and checked it out. Ran it through all of its functions. Really liked it. Liked the weight. Balanced. Very, very nice. And I've been told that it shoots really straight. It's extremely accurate. It's got a solid build. It felt really stiff. Um, There's no texture on the stock, which is very smooth, which I don't think I like very much. But I can always put some grip tape on the, the stock. That's not a problem. So... Other than that, I think it's a really great gun. Tika T3X Superlight Tick. Next is the Kimber. Most of you guys who are shooters have heard of Kimber. This is the Kimber 84M Hunter. Comes in at right around $750. Uh, it's got a thinner barrel, from what I understand. I've never shot this gun. But it's got a thinner barrel, and it heats up uh, and loses accuracy after about three shots. Okay, When you get up to your, about your, your fifth shot, you're getting flyaways. Once that barrel heats up really hot, you start to lose accuracy. This is with all long guns. It's got a solid build. It's an excellent gun. And Kimber is is a great name in guns. It really is. So you know you're getting top quality for your $750. I mean, what else can I say about this gun? It's um, it's very plain looking as far as aesthetics, okay? Uh, the magazine, from what I understand, is very easy to load. It's got a very long reach to get your finger to the trigger. So if you've got larger hands, this will be a plus for this firearm. So next we got the Mossberg Patriot Revere. Now Mossberg, a fantastic gun company. I, my first two guns were were Mossberg. I had a, a 20 gauge shotgun and then I got the 12 gauge shotgun, both in pump. I loved them both. 
the Patriot was originally came out, I believe in 2015. I could be wrong about that. Um, and then this is the next level up from that. This is the Patriot Revere. It's got some new refinements and and different things. One thing I, I'm not really into on this gun here is it does have a, a walnut wooden finish, but it's a solid gun. The action looks really great. It's got an adjustable trigger. I think you adjust it from two pounds to seven pounds of pressure, which is fantastic. Uh, comes in uh, 243 win, 308 win, 270 win, 30 out six Springfield, and 300 win, I believe. Uh, oh, you know what? It also comes in a 6.5 Creedmoor, which is probably one of my favorite rounds. That or the 308. If it doesn't offer it in a 308, I would take it in the 6.5 Creedmoor. Again, comes in the uh, the heavy walnut, which is which is fine. Okay, it is fine. I'm not trying to get uh, to cheer anybody from from getting away from wood or walnut, but you do have to take care of it. Remember that if you plan on having your firearm, a wooden firearm, for for a long period of time, you do have to take care of the wood. So that's going to be part of it. Now, if you're interested in that, if that makes you happy about about polishing and and uh, oiling and, and conditioning the wood, great. That's awesome. This then that's perfectly fine. It will also come with the weight of wood. So uh, excellent gun. Comes in at right around $875, if I didn't say that already. Let's go ahead and move on to the low-end rifles. This is more for the beginner shooters. Now, you know what? Let me take that back. This is not for the beginner shooters. Most of the guns that I picked on here are actually outstanding hunting rifles. They are excellent. And any shooter would do well with all of these guns. So I don't want to I want to act like they're, these are toys. These are not toys, okay? So we're going to start with the Remington 700. Comes in right around $630. About the same that you can get a, a brand new Glock for. The Remington 700 is, from what I understand, I've not shot it. It's the least accurate out of all of these guns. Uh, but you still get nice groups. You get nice groups from right around 4 to 6 inches. Now, some shooters would say that that's not nice. 6 inches is not good. If you're wanting for the vital shot... Yeah, six inch, inches might be might be off a bit, but you know, four to six inches, not too bad at long ranges. The build quality is good, as good as any Remington out there would be, and I think it's worth the six hundred thirty dollars and worth being on the list. Next would be the Savage One Ten Switchback. Now there are a lot of fans out there of Savage Arms, a lot of fans of Savage. So some of them might be like, "Why'd you put this on the low end?" Well, I put it on the low end for one reason: it's five hundred and twenty dollars. Okay, and $520 for an outstanding hunting rifle is good money. Really good. That's why it's in the low-end list. Again, this is going to be a little bit less accurate uh, because of when the barrel heats up and, and cools down, that sort of thing. But um, still, for $520, if you're a shooter and you get this thing sighted in just right, this is your gun. Savage 110 Switchback. Very, very nice. Now, the next one is HOA. H-O-W-A. Some of you may not have heard of this one. This is the HOA 1500 Hogue. It comes in at right around $480. Now, one thing that people do when they grab this gun is they feel the the, the super cheap feeling rubberized stock. Okay, Low build quality. They kind of hear it rattle and shake. I like the rubberized stock. I, I mean, for $480, I, I might go maybe $380 because um, it's very kind of cheap feeling that rubberized. It's heavy duty, heavy rubberized stock. Okay, so I consider it to be a low build quality. However, it does shoot really, really nice. And get it sighted in. This is an outstanding firearm. Great hunting rifle. 480 bucks. 
Next is the Ruger American. Now, this one comes in right around $430. The Ruger, everybody knows Ruger, right? Okay, well, the Ruger American is probably one of the most extreme, accurate, low-end hunting rifles on the market. If you're going to pick any of them, the Ruger American is probably the one you want to get. Okay, the build quality is good, really good. It's low-priced, okay? It's a solid hunting rifle. Ruger American comes in right around 430 bucks. The Ruger American Predator, now this gun is pretty cool, actually. Uh, comes in a 6.5 Creedmoor with a 22-inch barrel. You can get the long shot from this gun right here. It is extremely accurate. Comes in at 450 bucks. However, it's heavy. I've held this gun. I have put it through all the motions. It is outstanding. It is a, it is a great hunting rifle. It really, really is. But it is so freaking heavy. I think it comes in right around 10 or 12 pounds, something like that. It's really heavy. You're going to need a rest. You're going to need something to shoot off of because it really is very heavy. But it's a fantastic firearm. Ruger American Predator. That is going to be the end of the list. I think I've given you guys plenty of firearm uh, examples to go off of. You can look these up. And then from there, you can kind of jet off and, and kind of see what else is out there that might fit you. My Prepper brothers and sisters, if you're a shooter, optimize your arsenal to include Prepper-specific firearms and ammunition. If you find yourself in a bug-out situation, you may not be able to take with you everything in your arsenal. If you don't prepare for this scenario, then you're not prepping successfully. And for those of you who are new to shooting or thinking about getting into shooting, don't worry. We're going to help you get started with that. Shooting sports is a fun and exciting outdoor activity that can be enjoyed alone or with friends and family or with your prepper group, which I've done. Okay, Getting a projectile from point A to point B accurately using highly specialized tools is challenging and rewarding, and I will never give it up. I love being a shooter. As preppers, being an experienced shooter is a force multiplier. Stay prepped, stay happy. Thanks for listening, and good night. The OG Chicks team would like to thank all of you for being here with us tonight. Send your questions, comments, show ideas, and thoughts to shtf at offgridtx.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, good, bad, or indifferent. shtf at offgridtx.com. Visit our site at offgridtx.com. That's offgridtx.com. I am Camel Keith. This is the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show, and we are Offgrid Texas. Prepping, surviving, living, thriving.